Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Premier View Tipperary GAA podcast has just got its very first sponsor. The podcast is now proudly sponsored by MerchMonster.ie. On MerchMonster.ie, you can buy personalised hoodies, t-shirts, polo shirts, personalised snood face coverings, and a whole lot more. They've even got a product personaliser over on their website. Go over there and check it out now. They deal in one-off orders and also in bulk orders, class hoodies, team and work polo shirts, and everything else in between. Go over there and check them out now. It's MerchMonster.ie. Now let's get back to this week's show. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Premier View Temporary GA podcast. My name is Michael McCarthy and later on I'll be joined by Eric Finn and Samantha Lambert as we discuss Tipperary's campaign in the Women's Senior Football Championship. But first we'll have a look at the club game in Tipperary and I'm joined today by Tumi Varas in the Tracy, St Mary's Kevin Ryan and another new apprentice and All-Ireland minor medal winner from 2006, Arva Rovers, Kimmy Dalton. Welcome men. Hey Mike, welcome, thanks for having me. Right, lads. Um, big weekend, I suppose, in, in, in Tipperary GA action. And while they're all very important games, I suppose the two two games that have that we look at for from championship point of view is, as we said last week, as sure as night follows day, Lockmore get pulled out in a preliminary quarter final. Uh, they're up against South winners Killinall. Um, Kevin, you might have a have a a better handle on, on killing all where 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 are they they didn't they didn't have a great start to to life in, in James Arena this year they drew with the Tracy no they drew they drew with Sean Tracy's but they they seem to have got their act together since then and you know won their won the remaining two games obviously had a good win the last in the last group game against Curtin who to top the group and you know they're I suppose it's, it's unrelated to the Orion form but you know the reward for winning a South title is 
as I said, pre- um, a preliminary quarter final against who else put lock more. So yeah. I think that killing all, you know, it's a it's a free shot, isn't it? Um, yeah. today or this weekend. So I think they'll be in a they'll be in a good position. Uh, ran Lockmore very close a couple of years ago. I said last week that they're probably after going a bit back by then, but you know, Lockmore probably just had had that few groans after being thrown out in this again. You know, another preliminary quarter final, another step in the way of getting back to where they want to go. So I think Kilnall will head into this with a good mindset, and if they can keep it to about forty-five minutes competitive, you just never know what Kilnall. You might know after five minutes with them ten points down, you know, <laughs> which Kilnall are going to turn up in the stadium. But with Kilnall, you just never know. Yeah, but I, I suppose we we spoke a lot about teams on paper looking good, but Kilnall certainly have hurlers. Would say you've the two Feehans, you've you've the two Dwyers, Bubbles and Mouse. I mean, they have they have to get younger. Yeah, they but they have they have hurlers on the team, you know, and um, it, I suppose really are they a Seamus Arene team? I suppose they are based on their form, but on paper they certainly don't. They, they look like they could be competitive at then Green level, and this will be a good test for them. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think there's a whole pile between the top teams in the Oreen and maybe the bottom four or five teams in the Dan Breen. I, I see nearly Michael you're using as, as a disparaging kind of moniker for the Oreen. You know, they're all, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't see that much of it. But as you said, yeah, the two fiends, Michael Doyle, Bubbles, I mean, Kid, Kid, you know, the wire, they're all, they've made most teams in the, well, maybe not Michael in this stage of his life, but, um, you know, he's, he's for killing all. They'd all make any team in the county, any club yeah. team in the county. So, you know, if they come with a good game plan, uh, so keep keep into Lockmore 40, 45 minutes, then you just never know. Yeah, yeah. Timmy, Lockmore, they they obviously have all the stars and they're well seasoned at, at Dan Breen level. Could you see anything other than a than a Lockmore win this weekend? Um, to be honest, I couldn't, just in the form of this year. You know, um, Lockmore's form is good this year. They 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 lost in the first round, I suppose, to Kildane, county champions. Uh, but really, it was it was a good game and a, and a game that they felt they, they should have won, you know. Um, then we went on and, and and beat Brackens and beat Mike Carty, and I think maybe overall their form this year is, is a lot better than than Killing All. So um, that's where where I see I I, I do think Killing All are going to come out all guns blazing and, and give it a rattle, especially inside in the stadium. That but um, just looking on form, I, I I definitely think that Lockmore just have a bit more, you know. Yeah. Um, in the Kevin, Kevin had said there that, that that it's a shot to nothing, I suppose, for for killing all. So they 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 have no fear here. I mean, nobody's probably expecting them to win. Um, so so they can go out and as we all know, Bubbles is a big game player. The the, the more important the games, the, the probably the better that that Bubbles plays. But as regards um kind of matchups and stuff, like uh, do you see the likes of John Maher being being put back on on Bubbles to try and try and keep him quiet or? What way? What way would would Lockmore look at that? John Maher, no, I'd, I'd be, I tend to uh, leave him at centre back and just hurl his own game. I'd, I'd probably look at Brian McGrath maybe picking up bubbles, but look, I was at the football against the Brackens last weekend, and uh, whether it was a, an effort thing or saving himself for the hurling bubbles, wasn't moving around too much. So um, <laughs> Brian McGrath, I think, would be tailor made for him. Um, he'd be there at wing back, and look, but, but he can follow bubbles anywhere. Like Brian can play cornerback, fullback. Send it back, going back, like he's a real utility back. So, look, killing all, look, it is a free shot to nothing. You'd wonder how motivated they are for the game. I wonder would they just like to be able to concentrate on Seamus Serene and 
getting that competition and getting back up to the top. Like, do they realistically see themselves winning a Dan Breen this year? Probably not. So, look, it is a free shot to nothing, but at the same time, motivation probably isn't that high to win it because, you know, the shame Sarin is in the background and that, that was their goal at the start of the year. Yeah, Timmy, would you would you concur with that? Would you think that Killinall's priority is is Seamus Arene and and would say getting promoted promoted back up by by winning Seamus Arene, or or will they have a cut off the uh, off the Dan Breen? I I think they'll they'll have a right cut on Friday night anyway. Um, like any team, they'll be told to take it week by week, and I suppose this week it's it's going to be all guns blazing to beat Lockmore. So. Um, I think they're fully focused on that. I know down the line, look, they're, they're, they mightn't be as good as, as the stronger teams, but just this week alone, they're, they're, they're just aim is to have a right cut off Lockmore, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what they'll be focused on. So um, the county board will be hoping that they're beaten, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin, uh, would say, as a South man, would you, would you like to see Killinall get a good run? Would say Mullinahone obviously have, have done very well, top their group. Would you like to see Killinall have a good have a good run in, in the Dan Breen? Or do you think it's more well, important, would say, to 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 go and try and win? Well, obviously, as as a St. Mary's man, you'd be hoping they don't win um James Reen and it's yourselves. But would say, would you like to see another South team? Um if, if it wasn't yourselves? Yeah, in in normal circumstances, I would like to see him do well and get a good run. But as just as Enda said, I suppose we don't want to be sitting on our hands, you know, possibly waiting yep. to, for Canal's involvement in turn to be played out. And that's the the one caveat. I think that, you know, any South team going on and doing well, it's, it's a good benchmark. I mean, we lost him by a point in the South Championship. So to see Killinall hopefully competing well with the likes of Lockmore, you know, it, it gives us a kind of a, you know, a, it, it blows us out a bit and like you know it, it makes us feel feel good and that we can compete at this level you know maybe probably over the last few years we wouldn't have the traditional name you know that you can compete with these with these clubs and teams but as in the said yeah I mean from a, an actual competition planning perspective particularly with commercials involved in the football you just you would want your games your next few weeks planned out as in you do want to know that you'll be playing your Orion quarterfinal the week after this weekend coming so you know best Best of luck to Killing All. And, you know, as I said, it's, you know, with Mullinahone probably maybe unexpectedly topping their group as well. It is, you know, it's been a good summer for South Hurling in, in yeah. terms of the senior. Yeah. So uh, that, that game goes ahead Friday night. It's on, um, it's been streamed on the Tip GA TV. It's on in Central Stadium. And the draw for the quarterfinals are on after that. There, the game throws in, I think, at 7 45 Friday evening. The other preliminary quarterfinal is, um, Powerhouses of the Intermediate Hurling Championship, Cap White playing uh, Minnows from the North, Money Gall. Um, Inda, you'll, you'll know a lot more about Money Gall than, than, than I will. Um, but they, they won the North Championship um, and I suppose drew the short straw by coming out in the preliminary round. Um, we've, we haven't been going well. Probably looks odds on for a Money Gall win. Phony war. <laughs> yeah, phony war. Yeah, but. Um... Look, the intermediate grade, you just don't know what's going to happen really on any given day. When he got look, they were pretty good in the group stages, but uh, probably finished it off fairly poorly. Uh, look, Kickham's probably bet them fairly handily in the end. Um, five points, I think, that, that was in them to finish. But they've had good performances, and look, they have a young team. Probably they're, they're expecting a lot out of the younger lads already at this stage. Now they're good hurlers, but you know, there's a lot of pressure on them already to um to step up in the big games. Joe Fogarty and Sean Kennelly have been outstanding they're really good hurlers ones to look out for going forward but um 
they, they have a fairly rounded team. There's a lot of older heads. I think there's kind of a generational gap there, lads in their mid-20s that aren't there. There's kind of young lads mixed a few older lads that have been there around the block. So, look, I think Ebet Kickham's in the West Final, didn't he? And mm-hmm. Kickham's bet money goal by five points. So, that's just intermediate grade. You just don't know what's going to happen from day to day. Like, yeah, Timmy, Kevin said on the on the pod last week that the Money Gall group was the worst group he's ever seen in his life. So uh, <laughs> you you would have um, you would have probably come across. Said that about the Kickham's group, actually, but uh... yeah, Kickham's and Money Gall were in the same group. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, you would have come across Timmy Kappa in, in kind of over the years, and um, like obviously we're we're stuck in relegation, but how, how would you see this one panning out, like? Do we have a shot at, at, at overturning the money goal? Um, my own opinion this this weekend doesn't look too good for Cap White. Um, I think Cap White conceded the most scores in, in the Intermediate Championship. Um, is Willie Barry back this week? Yeah, Willie will be hurling this week. Yeah. Will he be hurling? No, no, yeah, he won't. He won't. Moneygall, I think Moneygall lost the Kickhams, um, and I think their excuse for that loss is going to be that they won the North Final the week beforehand. Do you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I think that um, as as Enda said there, Joe Forty, Sean Kennelly are real standout players this this year. Uh, the the Moneygall management, Paul Bryan, Shane Connolly rated very very highly, and I think they're going to have them well shown for this weekend. Um, I I I can only see one winner in this really, to be honest. Um, now. As, as Enda alluded to there, Cap White will look to the Kickhams game. Um, they beat Kickhams. Kickhams beat Money Gall. That's what they'll be drilling into their players this week, saying, "Look, it, it's there. It, it can be done." So that's that's the the, the little straw that they're, they'll, they'll grasp there, you know. Um, I think we must give Thomas Costello a big mention. You know, to be still, Harlan is fantastic, you know. Um, but it doesn't look too good for Cap White this week. Yeah, I suppose, um, Kevin, the, the intermediate grade is, is very, very competitive. And, like, small things can, I mean, at, at one stage, Golden were in relegation last, last week or two weeks ago. And then, by virtue of another couple of points, they're in the quarterfinal. So, something very, there isn't a lot between, between the 16 teams in the grade. So, it, it could be a very competitive game if, I suppose, if Kappa can, can get their, their arcs in gear, you know. Yeah, I, I I really think this one will be maybe uh, more competitive than Timmy thinks. Um, you know he's he set out a good solid white money goal certainly start favourites for. It, but again, look at Cap White. That was quite a tough group that uh, Cap White were in. You know the the group stage maybe that drum and inch intermediate team outperformed expectations. I'd say mine were probably one of the you know, well are the the pre tournament favourites if you like. And Barca Kane would always be you know generally compete for quarterfinals and semifinals intermediate. So. You know, that's a, that's a tough group, Cap White, as I said. They do have some sort of form in the book, having beat the War of Conquering Kickhams, you know, groups who t- carried all the form in their, in their group and look unstoppable now for the intermediate. And I won't have a word said, said against them. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's a game I'll be, I'll be keeping a close eye on the score. I think it could be quite, you know, quite competitive. And look, if Cap White can get over the line in this, you know, momentum's a big thing in this intermediate. It's, if they can get into a quarterfinal. There, I think that you know they, they could have a chance yet. Yeah, yeah. No, just need to, they just need to keep those scores down. You know, mm. they're conceding big scores uh, um, throughout the year. If they can just keep keep those score big score lines down, you know. And Timmy, do you think after you know the last group, then you know you've been more closely in, involved with teams? Uh, did, is two weeks enough 
to kind of work on something like that, maybe an alternative defensive strategy? Um, two, two, two weeks is okay. You know, I, I know it's, it's, it's not ideal, but two, two weeks is, is okay to get a, get a plan in place, you know. Um, they'll, they'll be targeting those two main men for, for money goal, you know. Um, I think Cap White's last uh, three, like they conceded three goals, four goals, two goals in the, in the, in the, in the group stages. And uh, I suppose the big thing they'll be hammering down is, is keep out those, those goal chances, you know. Um, but I think, like, as I said, Money Gall will go in as strong favourites, but on the day, you know. Mm, yeah, exactly. Probably Money Gall's strongest suit is their forward line as well. And yeah. they've got three or four savage forwards. But Joe you know, Fogarty and Sean Kennelly are very good, but they've Jerry Corwin there as well. And he's he's been hurt in senior for close on 20 years, and he's a right good hurler as well. So, like, they're going to have it up against them now because Money Gall do have a lot of firepower there. Do you want to turn it into a shootout? Probably not, but. They're going to have to turn it into a battle anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, I know I know. in, in the Kickhams game, uh, they, they roared into a seven points to two lead and Kickhams uh, rejigged their their um, their backs and Kieran Breen, who had hurled with, with the tip 20s, went back on Kennelly and um, didn't kind of, he, he stifled what, what Kennelly could do. And at that point then, Moneygall, it was kind of, they didn't really have a plan B. Um, now, obviously that will have changed since then because they'll know the teams will target Kind of with their with their better defenders on on those two players, but I mean, look, it's 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 a it's a game that we have to win, I think, for our own sake, you know, or we certainly have to put in a performance based on on what we've done over over the three games. And um, look, but um, hopefully, Money Gall are, are thinking they're going to win it easy, and uh, and then and we get a run on them at the weekend. But look, we'll, we'll see how it goes. That game is tr- throws in two two p.m. in in. Holy Cross, uh, Money Gall's fourth game in a row. Very, very unusual. It's a very unusual situation to have White find themselves in. You know, to be in, in a county preliminary quarter final and also to be in relegation. You know, it's it's kind of hard to get your head around around that as well, leading up to the match. You know. Yeah, no, it, it certainly is. It's a, it's it's a tough one. Um, but like as I said, it's very little can change, and we saw that in the West Hampshire where we probably didn't think we were going to be Kickham's the first day, and then and then ended up winning. Winning the the West Championship. Are you, so. Timmy? Are you hoping they win? Yeah, boys. Yeah. Ah, well, I'm a West G? man. I, I'm a West yeah. man. I ha- I have to support the West. <laughs> would that affect you? Would that affect the relegation? Would that put you? I suppose it um, really I, just give you my rovers if you do lose. Wouldn't it turn it into a, like a round robin or what? At the relegation? No, that that was a question I asked actually because uh, we'll come to it in a while. But Belly Bacon are actually playing. Arab Rovers on Saturday and we don't play till Sunday. So I think it's probably a little bit rough on my Rovers that that if we happens to go on and win a county final that they're straight into a, a relegation, which look is I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would I would consider that to be if I was from my rovers and that did happen, I would like it's it's totally against the odds. But if that did happen, yeah. I would kick off you know, most like <laughs> you could conceivably win tomorrow or later on later on the week and you know that there could be a bit of a delay there, which isn't great for them, regardless. So, yeah. look, I'm a big fan of the link, but it, these these um kind of intricacies are, are have to be worked out. Yeah, um, I think it's it's yeah, I, I'm the same. It's the link, but I mean, just overall, it's um, with with I suppose it it, it won't happen next year, and is that a good thing that the likes of the Seamus Marine can't be held up next year because? A Killinall or or someone like Killinall win a division and they play in the Dan Breen quarterfinals. That's the hope. 
um, that's the hope. That's what they're that they're what they're angling for. So, yeah. like I, I, as Kevin was saying, I'm a fan of the link as well. I, I, I had to say go, but look, we've done a hundred podcasts on that. We won't get into it again, yeah. but it, it needs to be streamlined. There's no doubt about that. Like there's there's too many things going on and waiting on certain results. And you know, if you go on run, which you could, like it'll hold the show up for for a good few weeks. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sure. so just go out and lose, Mike. Will you save okay. Salas? I don't mind as long as uh, we either win the county final or we beat my Rovers in the relegation after that I'd be, I, we can write the year off um, <laughs> uh, moving on to Dan, while we're talking about uh, relegation Dan Breen relegation is on this weekend as well um, Holy Cross are taking on Erog and Akarty Timmy uh, I'll go to you because as a Westman Erog this is their second year in a row now being involved in, in relegation and it'll be a tough, a tough one against um, against Holy Cross. But again, Erog, I said it last week, very, very unlucky to actually be in relegation because they played very well other than the Stars game in, in the group stages. Yeah, definitely. Um, they, I think they, they lost the, or they won the first game against Open Church by a point, um, lost the Stars, and then they lost to, to Drummondage by two points in a game, again, that they'll feel, feel unlucky in. Um, I think this game Anacarty and Holy Cross is really a toss of a kind. Could go either way. But Anacarty, um, they always dig deep, you know, and I, th- I think they are going to dig deep the weekend, you know. So um, it, it really is a toss, of, a toss of a kind between the two teams the weekend, you know. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the one thing that Aero can't be faulted for is effort. And, and they always leave it leave everything out in the field. But, I mean, Holy Cross, are, with, with their underage success, they probably see themselves as a team that are, that are are improving every year and Brian Amara of course will have two two more weeks kind of under his belt training and, and getting back to full fitness but um, how do you see Holy Cross setting up this weekend will will we see Barrett kind of kind of more forward and, and Brian Amara anchoring there at centre back yeah definitely I'd say we'll definitely have Brian Amara back centre back anyway um, with the damage Cottle can do if he's roaming around midfield half forward line like he for a lad who's playing cornerback into county level, he's well able to take a score and just savage energy. And he'll bring other lads into play with him as well. I think in the group they were really missing him up up in the forwards. They just couldn't get any couldn't get any primary possession up there, and they were really struggling for scores. Um, and a carry look, <laughs> solid out. Um, I think they're lacking a bit of scoring power themselves, relying a lot from Dara Mooney freeze and you know Aidan Griffin scoring a bit. But I think. Tom Fox is chipping in, but they don't really have too many lads that are going to put up big scores. So I think they're relying on keeping it tight and getting that defensive effort right. And um, look, as, as Timmy said, like it's really a toss of a kind. There are two teams on an even enough keel, I think. And it'll just be who shows up in the day and see who wins it, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, t- t- you mentioned Tom Fox there in the like he, he missed the first game or two with a with a broken jaw and he came back and he, he hurled very well for them. He, he's kind of turned into, obviously he, he's been on the county panel before, but whereas before it was kind of Conor O'Brien and, and Brian Fox that, and, and Kevin Fox that kind of drove them on. Tom is, is a real leader for them now and he plays centre forward and, and he, he, can, he can drive that team with his, his speed and athleticism. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And they'll need him to be firing on all cylinders if they're going to win. Um, Look, Aerog, they'll be savagely disappointed that they're in relegation, like we've seen it with so many groups in the 
and the Dan Breen was score difference coming into it and just throughout the day it was like a soccer Saturday day with the permutations coming in as the, as the matches were being played so look they, they had good momentum starting out the year and against Supercharge obviously Tarlis is Tarlis you know you're not going to take much heat in that game they're, they've been awesome this year but I think the, the drum game, by all accounts, they're probably lucky enough to be within two points. I think maybe the general consensus is drum are probably a good bit better than them on the day. But this is the thing with Aerog, they're never, they're never beaten and they're never down and they'll stay going. So if they, if they can get up a good head of steam and, and be in the game with 15 or 20 minutes to go, they, they'll have a good shot of winning it. But, you know, it's, it's still very tight to call. Yeah, it certainly is a, a toxic line, as you said. The other relegation then, Kevin, is Mike Arkey and, and Ros Gray. Again, I suppose another one that, that is very hard to call. Uh, two clubs that have had a good bit of underage success over the last couple of years. Um, I think they won, was a Ros Gray minor in 17 and Mike Harkey in 18. So they, they would have, they would have um, they have players coming through. And I suppose the, the big one with, with Ros Gray is Alan Tynan, he, he, um, who, who had done time with the tip panel. But he seems to be, to be going well for them. As, I think he scored 1-5 the last day. And they have um, one of the Fitzpatrick's there playing in, in the middle of the field. Uh, it'd be a very tight game, um, this one as well, won't it? Yeah, again, it's, if, if the last one's a toss of the coin, I, I can't see much of a difference in, in this one as well. Both teams competed well in all, in all their games, but both lost their three group games. So, you know, there's no score difference. And then, as you said, Alan Tyne, very important for uh, Ross Gray, probably on the other, you know, you know, Mike Carkey, probably a, a bit of a common club, or would look at this as a common club. They've had good representation on Tipperary teams, underage teams, don't you? You know, notably Max Hackett did very well for the under 20s this summer. So, um, yeah, not, not going to be much in this. Probably even, you know, I'm looking here, it'd be great if there was two down, you know, two down and two up from the Oreen kind of thing, make these finals. But I think this uh, game is slightly stronger. I, I would think that. Than the other semi final, that neither Ross Gray or Mike Harkey would have been delighted to, to draw each other in this mm-hmm. in this in this game. Uh, you know, Ross Gray, I'm looking in particular, they, they hit kind of good scores in all their group games, um, you know, but just couldn't just couldn't get over the line. Uh, Mike Harkey probably in the they would have targeted their first game, they lost by three points to JK Brackens, never really recovered. Then were probably go, not going to really compete with the county. County champions Kildang and then or Lockmore, but you know it's just um, where we are. It's it's very competitive. The sixteen teams championships where you do have, you know, it's great that you do have maybe kind of two evenly matched teams playing now for self preservation. Yeah, the, the um, Timmy there. Kevin was talking about the the groups there, and like they both got very very tough groups. Whereas Grey were in an all North group, and um, Mike Harkey are obviously in that in that group with Kildang and Lockmore. And and the Brackens, um, so it's it's very it's very hard it's very hard to develop a team in Danbreen because there are so many sharks in it. Yeah, and I suppose if you take Ross Gray's group, like they lost the first game well against Boris Lee, they then went into the second game against Nina. I was actually at it, and um, it was kind of both teams had to win that game, and uh, they conceded two goals against Nina, and that probably that set the two teams apart they, only, they lost by two points but it was uh, it was uh, 26 points Ross Gray 2-22 Nina and the last game then was a dead rubber so they what I can see about Ross Gray is the, the lads there that you've me- mentioned uh, Alan Tyne and 
Evan Fitzpatrick and Alan's brother Dara, they rely a lot on them three. Um, and they could be um that they're the three lads that Ross Gray will be looking to. And if they don't perform, I think Ross Gray, this could be the difference between the two teams. My khaki are a more rounded team. Um, but as you said there, they, they did get um two two difficult groups. You know, um I, I would slightly favour my khaki um this weekend. Um I think they have a more rounded team. But um, again, as we as we talked about, um, on the day and a battle, you never know, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, they, yeah, there'll be two close games this weekend. Seamus Arena relegation also goes ahead uh, in the uh, three North teams and, and Sean Tracy's involved. Uh, Laura and Newport, these are the, both teams were semi-finalists last year um, and, and will probably be very disappointed to be involved in, in, in this relegation battle. Um, it it, sh- it should be it should be very tight. Uh, Laura put up quite a good performance against Cashel in the last round, and we're probably disappointed to go down by whatever two or three points or whatever it was in the end, which actually got yeah. Cashel through and topped the group. Yeah, you know, uh, as as Kevin as Kevin will know, but uh, it'll be an interesting battle between those two two teams from the opposite end of the North Division. Yeah, it'll be a tight battle, and um, you know, two teams that were going so well last year. And it's- it's funny how things can change so quickly in Hurland. So, um, look, Laura are missing Bonner in a big way. I think they've been competitive enough, but I don't think they ever really looked like winning any of the games proper. So, um, I think there's more improvement in Newport. I thought Newport were probably a dark horse to win the whole thing out, to be honest. I think oh, they have a savagely good team. The forwards in particular savage pace in there and they've good hurdlers sprinkled all over the field. Uh, I was very surprised the way they went out. I didn't nearly put my mortgage on, on them beating that Clonic Kenny the last day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, savagely disappointed from them. Um, I think they'll probably have a bit too much for Lara. Um, probably scrape it by three or four points. I think um, the Floyds and Pat Ryan and uh, Keane Flanagan, Sean O'Brien, like they've got some good hurdles all over the field. And I think I think they'll, they won't be in too much trouble, I think, for the relegation. Yeah. Uh, the other semi-final is, is Borges and Sean Tracy's. Um, Timmy Tracy's will probably be disappointed again. This is their second year in a row being, in, being involved in relegation. They beat Ballangari in the final last year, beat them quite well, but find themselves back in it again this year. Um, and Borgeston, who are in relegation after being relegated from Dan Breen last year, they had a good win over the Sars with a, in, in the last round, but Sars are already qualified, so it's hard to, to judge what kind of a win that was. But um, like you'll be talking about two two tough teams that 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 give it their all. It'll be an interesting battle between these two as well, won't it? Yeah, it'll, it'll be a great battle between the two teams. I think that the two teams will be very disappointed with the way their years have gone. Um, Burgess uh, started off and lost the Kildangan B team, and were really really disappointed about that result. Um, Tracy's uh, drew with 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 Killinall in their first game, who Killinall are playing Friday night, you know. Um, but after that. It was, it was kind of downhill, you know, and you'd have to say that going into the, the game the weekend, uh, both teams are, are would be fairly low on confidence, uh, but they'll, they'll just try and get it up for this weekend. And as you said, it's going to be just a, a battle is what this game is going to be, you know? Yeah. Would you have the same look out on it, Kevin? Yeah, 100%. Um, the old, Tracy's the old dog for the hard road. Borges, again, they probably just got what they needed in, in the shape of a win against Turles Arceus, however many you know, cylinders Turles were, were firing on, but it just gives them that bit of belief 
that I, I, I'd fancy Burgess in this one. Um, we actually say Mary's beat Tracy's in the relegation semi-final mm-hmm. uh, last year, but you know that the issue was in the balance right until the, the last poke of the game, really, when Tracy's at a 21-yard free to uh, to actually win the game. So they'll, they'll again, another team will aim just to stay, comp- stay competitive for as long as possible and hopefully that's a grind, grind out a win. Yeah, absolutely. The last of the relegation games, uh, one ahead just again before we let you go, Timmy Dalton. Um, your own club, the Rovers, are involved against um Belly Bacon. Um, and Kevin will try to give Belly Bacon more ammunition for the dressing wall in a few minutes. But um, the Rovers, uh, they probably came up with a bit of momentum. Um, would say having played the semi final final there in June. And, they had put in a very good performance and were very disappointed against Golden in the West Championship. But the, they found the County Championship, I suppose, a, a tough going. And how, how did they pick themselves up for, for this game? Um, this game, again, is, is, is 50-50. Um, our Rovers were very disappointed after the Shannon Rovers game. That ended up in a draw, the second game in the group. It ended up in a draw. Uh, Shannon Rovers scored with a free in, in the last minute to draw the game. And that was really the, the, the game that when they lost, the, the heads really dropped, you know. But going into this weekend, it's really 50-50 game. They actually played each other in the county league, Arville and, and Belly Bacon, and it was a draw. Um, so there's really not much between these two teams. Uh, I'd be hoping that Arville can, can uh, get up a, a gear or two for the weekend and get over the line. Um, but two teams again, um, like the Burgess and Sean Tracy's, that the years haven't haven't gone well. You know, um, these two teams played against each other in football last weekend, uh, with Ardfinning coming out on top in that. So I'm hoping maybe that they might concentrate in the football this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose. Look, um, Kevin, um, Bally Bacon. I would say Enda said about about Daramuni putting up scores for for Airog. Uh, Cummins is still doing it for for Valley Bacon. Probably he, he takes every free from from his all the way up to the twenty one. I suppose um, and he scored a, a rocket of a, a goal against the Kickhams in in round one. But they they haven't been going well as well as they have in previous years either. So they haven't. No, to be honest, I think they were poor in previous years as well. I mean, they're just hanging on, doing enough. Winter, the autumn conditions come in, the scores go down, and Cummins gets him out of jail with his long-term free taking on big windy days and relegation games. And you know, Tibby, I don't think you're forewarned now um, on this one, but I, I fancy Aravel. They're they're scoring power in this one to to get him past it. And Bally Bacon and my Rovers played the mother of all relegation clash clashes. Then in a couple <laughs> of weeks' time, and the <laughs> Tibby do final party in Clanmel and Woodham probably won't reach ten points. You know, in a, in a gale of a breeze. Um, yeah, I don't want to give Timmy won't be thanking me for giving me Valley Bacon any more any more ammunition. I don't know what it is with these South lads. Timmy was hoping that the West teams would win in that they'd be talking up the North teams, but you stick your boot into the into the South No, lads it's not like I'd love to see him win it, but I'd love to see him win it. I'd just be surprised. Um you know, and like is that like they just had they're going they just went through a, a few very Bad years underage, and you know it does feed through into your scene. Now they do seem to, you know, they're doing great work out there now, but that might take a, another few years to, for them to get back on track. And you know, I suppose from their perspective, they definitely don't want to be going down to the shark pool that is South Tipperary Junior A hurling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know they would be looking to stay up there. But I think, yeah, I think Aravel just to shade that one. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, Timmy, just before we, we go off, we spoke about, we'd say Cummins there being, being a very important player for Betty Vick, and Johnny Ryan is probably the standout player for for Arvid Rovers, and, and, and very important, he's on the, he's, I think he, he, well, he certainly was on the freeze there for, for a good while, and he plays around the middle of the field and is involved in everything for them, isn't he? Yeah, Johnny's Johnny's a fantastic lad, you know, and the most impressive thing, uh, what I like about Johnny is his attitude, you know, his attitude, discipline, he'll give you everything, um, but Arvel, Arvel have a lot of quality on the team, and it's it's disappointing when we just don't um, get 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 the results, you know. Because even all through the team, there's there's plenty of lads that are well able to hurl, but suddenly then we say this year, I didn't think we'd end up in this situation com- coming from last year, um, but we have, and 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 we can, we even the la- the last the last few games, um, we just aren't getting the, the quality out of the players, you know. Um, I I think. Johnny, Johnny, to me, looks as if he, he could be on a, a county panel in the next few years. His discipline and his attitude alone is, is fantastic. So um, there is great hope for him, but we won't put too much pressure on him, you know? No, no, absolutely not. Still, <laughs> still a young guy, still only 20. Yeah, so, yeah. Again, yeah. It, was a, it was a tough group as well that Aravel got. You know, Ballon Gary just coming down from senior. Ballon the Hinch always seemed to make a semi final. So, yeah, you know, two good teams. Sure was. No, that'll be a, an, an interesting game that goes ahead this weekend as well. Uh, the other big game, uh, hurling-wise, of the weekend is the under the under nineteen um, A final, um, where Torles Sarsfields and Saint Marys pair off against each other. Both had good wins in, in the in the semi final stages. Uh, Kevin, as a Marys man, um, we won't ask you to put your 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 head on the line here, but. Is there any stopping of this Torles Sarsfields juggernaut that looks like it's going to take every A title from 13 to, I presume, well, I won't presume, but if there's a 21 yeah. played, no, I mean, I mean they, they just seem to have wrapped up underage titles in, in, in tip at the moment, don't they? Yeah, and, you know, there could well be another one on the way and on, on Saturday, but, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic machine, obviously, the break between feels that they've good uh, coordination and communication like there's a fantastic under 19 and under 17 cohort there for Starfields but in our defence you know we think that we have enough there hopefully to at least trouble them and ask them a few yeah. questions on on Saturday and um, we did play them in what was the under 18 semi-final uh, last, last year um, so we, we what killed us there we were quite competitive we felt but conceding soft goals killed us then when you had the likes of Minogue in particular Paddy Creedon caused serious problems there so you know if we have learned a bit um, uh, from that we, we can hopefully be competitive and as you say at least put up a good show and ask them some serious questions but my fear is that this Turles team has actually improved since last year uh, you know that they've this very after a very slow start against Kildangan Kill in the semi-final you know they just were completely dominant um, you know or you know Won most of won most of their games in the West, fairly handy. The under seventeens that are you know are, are coming up behind them are, are putting up good scores as well. So look, it's on you know it's being streamed I think now by the Tipperary County Board. Right. So you know hopefully, I I would hope you know there we're hoping for a big Clonmel following there in Cashel, you know big St Mary's following where, you know again it's great profile to club between the North County final we have one too. Uh, again, the old under eighteen minor as well in the not so recent past which were great days and stuff. So it's great to see. The club moving in the right direction, I suppose, as well being there. But yeah, it'll be a t- it'll be a very tough task. Yeah, but in in um, you have some some very good quality players, and and in Peter McGarry you probably have 
one of the, I suppose, one of the, the, the best under 19s in the county at the moment. I think he scored two eight. Was it in your in your South final win over over the Swan? He he, he seems to be hurling very very well at the moment. Yeah, and he actually, he actually scored the last six points then as well in their semi-final win over uh, Knockabilla, three from play and three, three free. So he's absolutely vital to to us, you know, but, you know, might normally start midfield, but we'll do a probably a stint somewhere in the forwards as well, you, you'd think as well. Um, yeah. yeah, he's you know, Peter's Peter's been excellent the last couple, couple of years. He's going to be a very important player for us. You know, it, it's it's not just him. We'd have a, the likes of Ty Condon, James Morris, you know, in, in, in the backs, Um Adam Brannigan was on the tip minor under seven or you know under seventeen panel this year into midfield like so Owen McCarthy and then Rory Lahey up front who's another under seventeen, but uh, you know all very good players like so Anthony Keely, Dean Cagney as well. So we we'd have you know very very good kind of talents and stuff like that. But you know in any normal year I'd be giving us a right shout. But yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And the um, the Sars, um obviously. Or or Nasserchelig Ogus, as Sean is at, at pains to point out that it's not, they're actually not a, a they're a different club. I think he was trying to he's trying to make out there at one stage, but they um they obviously have some quality players. I mean, um, Paddy Greeden is up there as as one of the top scorers in the Dan Breen Championship, and he's still under nineteen. Like that would be a very scary prospect, I suppose, for for a Mary's full backline uh, heading into the weekend. Very scary and. Um... You know, I was actually even surprised he was actually hurling under 19 a few weeks ago and they were playing the mid-matches. It was like, you know, he's he's a scary prospect for lads to be facing. Like, he's a, he's an absolute brute of a chap and he's got pace and he's he's actually, after adding a bit of finishing ability to himself to learn even the last six months, even since they've finished hurling with tip. So, look, it's, look, I don't know much about Mary's and I don't know that much about Sarah's either, really, but looking at all their underage teams, like, it's just a conveyor belt coming again and you know, I was just thinking to myself there last week, like, is are we going to have another domination from Sars in the next 10, 15 years at senior level? Now, hopefully that doesn't happen. It's it's not good for any county to, you know, we can see Belly Gunner down in Watford and, and what did they win their seventh or eighth uh, county mm-hmm. title? Mm-hmm. Now and, and they're winning and pulling up, like, so you, you don't want that either. But fairness to them, they, they, they have their house in order in a big way there from underage. And look, they have the numbers there, but they're making the use of them as well. So... It's, hopefully they're beating in one of the county finals anyway, but I can't see him meeting in the 17. Um, by all accounts, the 15 team is very strong as well. Now, Bursley's under 13 team are very, very good. Um, they beat us in the North final, so you'd, you'd imagine maybe they'll put up a fair fist. But um, yeah, very strong all over the place. Yeah, well, we thought we had a good under 13 team as well, and they got their arse and handles done by... by um... By Dorlis Oak at the weekend, a, ph- a phenomenal under 13 team out actually yeah. out of Dorlis Oak. Um, which I they, they are very strong all over the all, all through the grades now. Um, Kevin, how did you, in the semi final last year was there much in it finishing up? Or, or yeah, no, it was it was it was over as a contest, but I think Sarsfield's got five goals, as in you know, I can't remember the score and like that, but it was goal, the goals killed us, but we were actually. You know, I, I think that hopefully we, we, we learned a lot there. Um in terms of yeah, just soft goals, but it was two by Paddy Creed and just out of, you know, he he, he was caused big problems the last day. So hopefully learn from that. But you know, how at under nineteen level as end they said, you know, how do you stop them? Yeah, no, no, it's but you know what? It's it, like you said earlier on about another team keeping in, keeping in with them for 45 minutes. Uh, 
in the under 17, and I think in the you probably saw it with Toome, and we've seen it in Cato. We've had to play them at under 17 level over the years, and or that team and their phenomenal team, Darren and Og, and, and, and that and that cohort. Yeah. But um, Golden played them in the, in the quarter final last week um, at 17s, and stayed with them and stuck with them and really put them under pressure. And it's probably something that they're not used to. And it, it'll be interesting to see if a team can stay with them to kind of 45, 50 minutes, how they handle that last 10 minutes. You know, it, that, that, that's... Exactly, cause, that, cause that bit of panic. Yeah, no, absolutely, no. But uh, look, hopefully, we all obviously want a, want a good game. I think uh, <laughs> I, Sean isn't here, cause so we can say anyone but Torless for, for, uh, for, for the under-19. So... We're all in, in the Mary's. The Mary's For everything. Uh, he's he's cute enough <laughs> not to turn up to the, the preview. This gives away any information. Uh, he'd, he'd, be, he'd be just going on about 36 and stuff like that. It's just it's just very annoying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that, that game goes ahead. I think uh, Saturday, is it, Kevin? Uh, in in Cashel. Yeah, Saturday, 2 o'clock in Cashel. Yeah, Cashel, yeah. So the, the B final was played um, last weekend. Um, I don't know whether any of you got to see it. Uh, uh, Holy Cross got, got a win over the West combination of Airog and, and Tracy's. Um, Holy Cross have, have played quite, they've quite a number of, of mid-A um, appearances and, and dropped back to the B this year, but uh, they, they got a county final win. Uh, quite a good game by all accounts. And, uh, do, do you know anything about it? Or is, no, I wasn't there now, but uh, I just saw the result and um, Aero traces were up two or three points, I think, at half time. Uh, but, but, What's the uh, split on that? Um, what was the split on that team, Mike, between the clubs? Uh, I think uh, Aero had, had maybe four or five starters on it. Uh, I know that they have, um, they're, they're very short of players at that, that age group uh, of under 19. They, they were joined with Galti Rovers as under 18s last year and, and joined with the Tracys this year. But it was um Keen Ryan is hurling very well for them um, at the moment. I think he, he plays a bit with the with the seniors and, and that. So um they they'll Aerog will get a good bit off it. And obviously the Tracys at 10 or 10 or 11 playing as well. So they they, they both have, have good good um good yeah. some good good jokes coming. Continues the good work of Holy Cross in, in recent years, you know, yeah. that they've been up there and regularly competing. Yeah, I was surprised to see them at at, um, at B level because they, they have been very good to compete at A level. But I don't know, maybe some of those mid teams are just looking going, Jesus, sure, we have the hope against Doris Og and we, we'll, we'll go down to, the, down to the B. That seems to be the way it is. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> it, um, it, certainly, it certainly looks that way. Um, big, no, big news, lads, over the last eight or ten days uh, was Colin Bonner announced his selectors on the Cena Hurland. Um Johnny Inright from from Turles is in, is involved with them. Um in the that's a that's a great appointment um in my opinion. And uh, would you concur or do you know much about, about Johnny? I know very little about Johnny in terms of his coaching now and since he's been um put in there. Um I didn't realise he was involved with Nick English there for a good few years up in UCD. Um, very dedicated club hurler when he was there with Turles for years a very good player um, seems to enjoy his hurling a lot so apparently he's very studious and he puts it puts everything into it so look it's not all about your CV you don't necessarily have to have a, a packed CV coming in somebody fresh fresh off their hurling career can bring new ideas with them and, and can uh, implement something different which is probably what we need in a tip at the minute is different ideas and different mindsets so 
Um, exciting is the word, I think. Um, look, I'm not conf- I wouldn't say confidence is, is the word I'd use with him, but look, we have to see what he brings. He's there now and see what he's about. Yeah, there, there was very interesting, interesting comments from Colin Bonner there um, during the week in an interview where he said that he had sat down with Johnny and they, they spoke about the game plans and stuff like that. And it's probably something, uh, I, I think it's probably a, a criticism maybe of the Liam Sheedy era there finishing up was that we didn't seem to have the kind of the game plan that other teams maybe had. And, and it's probably encouraging that, that that's the discussion that's been had, isn't it? Definitely is, yeah. Look, Liam brought a certain style with him over the years and he was he was really married to that. And look, it brought him success. So it's it's hard to veer away from a game plan and a style that's brought you so much success, especially, I think, when he kind of knew himself he wasn't going to be there for the long term. Um, that goes for the personnel he was using as well. I think they were kind of married together and we weren't going to see anything, anything, anything completely different. So, look, we have a new management team in there now, um, new selectors. Um, well, two new selectors anyway. And um, look, that's what you need in the modern game, not only the game plan you're starting out with, but being able to change midstream in the game and responding to what you're seeing on the pitch. So um, a lot of these young coaches will be, well, they've, they've developed their game and in, this sort of, in this sort of arena. So look, it's, it's, it's an excitement, a couple of appointments, and we can only see what happens when the league starts up and see what they're about. Yeah, another one in the hole, man, Kevin, um, yep. on, on, the, on the, the ticket as well. Um, Paul Curran is involved, obviously was a cheek tough defender, was, I think he gave 10 years um, on the panel, kind of from around 2001, 2002, up, up until whatever, 10 or 11, I think it was. Um, he has he has coaching experience, I think, in Kilkenny. Um, so it's good. He always seemed a very solid guy. It would be good to have around the panel too, won't he? Yeah, absolutely. And, he, you know, he's been heavily involved in his own club, Mundahone, at, at various levels and in various roles as well. And I think, you know, Paul is an, a fairly interesting individual um, as well for, for this role because, you know, if you look at his own story with Tip, he was commuting over from Wales for, you know, the early the early part of it. He was, you know, qualified engineer and then went doing transferring to teaching. So, you know, it wasn't easy. So I think he can bring a lot of personal experience. And, you know, post-finishing up, then he's actually taken on a, you know, geez, I might have the, the title of it wrong or some sort of kind of um, personal coaching role in terms of, you know, um, human resources kind mm-hmm. of type thing. So he'd bring that psychological element and, you know, which is important as well. I think Caroline Curran must have hit two, three from corner forward for Limerick there in the, <laughs> the All-Ireland final, the, the praise she's getting from them. So, you know, and that sort of kind of role is becoming more and more, you know, seems to be important in any inter-county setup. So I think Paul could bring a bit of that. Obviously, they'll have their specialists in there as well but I'd have good faith in him as look it's, a, it's you know it's a platform for him maybe to go on and develop his own you know his own managerial style and you know maybe to become involved in tip then you're always looking for the next manager when you appoint this one aren't you and you know kind of following and all that so I think it's a it's an interesting appointment in that regard too yeah and the carry on from the from I suppose the Liam Sheedy era, era is that Tommy Dunn stays with the with the coaching side of things and I suppose maybe over Last year, Tommy's role maybe diminished a little bit in that Egan seemed to be taking a lot of the, the coaching and Eamon O'Shea was around. But I would imagine Tommy will, will have full control over the coaching and he, it's, a, it's a role he, he, he'll revel in, won't it? Absolutely, yeah. Look, Dar Egan was in. I think that was probably one of the criticisms when all the 
all the coaches and staff came in, Eamon O'Shea, uh, Darry Egan, Tommy is probably too many chefs. Um, and Tommy, in fairness to him, anywhere he's been, when he's been the head, head coach, he's done very well. He's held in very, very high regard outside the county as well as inside the county. And look, I think one of the one of the things that probably attracted him to do it, as I say, is Colm told him that he has full full control of the coach inside of it. I don't think he'd have wanted to go in for another couple of years doing the... Look, I'm, like, I'm sure he didn't want to rock the boat when he was in there. Obviously, he's a tip man. He wants to see tip do well. And Liam, Liam had ideas and I, he kind of stuck with that. But look, Tommy Tommy's very good at what he does. And to be honest, some continuity is nice, um, you know, when you're changing over management. And um, I think Colin was eager to keep him on. So um, it should bode well, yeah. should be good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a fairly solid setup. I suppose we heard all sorts of names and roles. We, and you know, from I think it's you know overall, I think it's a, it's kind of quite impressive. I'm sure there'll be others added. Oh, you know, quietly in, in in different specialist categories and roles as well. So I think it's a good start. Yeah, and, and there'll be there'll be no complaining on Premier View of uh, an all North selection there's committee. Always, there's always complaints on it. <laughs> so there'll be no complaints about no division being represented on either. Yeah, that, that was an interesting one. There four, one from each division involved. But uh, yeah, yeah, back to saying it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you said there there'll be other roles filled, and, and they are probably as as important, if not more important, than than just the, the selectors, like getting your strength and conditioning right, and that that Caroline Curran role that 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 seems to be so important yeah. in in these setups. Um, yeah. Corner forward for Limerick, there if you want. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I suppose, yeah, she she was meant, but she, she was you know, but well, look, we're guilty of ourselves as well. Her own. Yeah, you know, she has been Lucas, around. you know, won the, won the All Ireland for us in 2016, and you know, the video analysis, I think, in 2019, Ray Ray Vine. So, yeah. you know, I think when these things are going right, you always accentuate, you know, you put it out there the, the little things, but you know, I just question totally, you know, what, how important they are, and just get someone in there. Well, I, I that would say that. I would say that they're 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 all important in their own right, but it's more of a collective like that. The, yeah. The, 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 that you, while these things we can maybe scoff at them a little bit, um, but it's <laughs> me. <laughs> but no, no, I I tend to agree with you that in some of these things are over egged, and I I think it's it's probably they're they're taken away from other stuff. But I think as a collective, they all need to be kind of spot on if you are going to if you are going to win a, an All Ireland title. Mm-hmm. And, and does that does that come out of the manager having the right manager? Then you know, actually, who's driving that and identifying, you know, what he needs is the right team. Yeah, I would imagine so. That that, that I suppose the, the role of the intercounty manager now is really to manage, isn't it? I mean, like I would imagine coaching will come totally down to to Tommy, and then there'll be strength and conditioning will be totally on whoever is 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 in that role, but it's up to the manager to manage those situations and you know it's not necessarily just because you're a brilliant hurler in your in in your day that that you'll make a good manager or coach or you certainly don't have to be a good coach to be the manager either I don't think yeah yeah it reminds, it reminds me a lot these days of the you know kind of an American sports where their general managers in there and they're they're there to put everyone in their place and then they go about their business like it's not like the days gone by where you're, you're the coach and you're the Forwards yeah. coach, the bags coach, all rolled into one. So, Column Column has great experience of doing all these things. So, I'm sure he won't leave any stone unturned. No, absolutely not. And I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think he's made a made a made a good start. I, I, 
I'm intrigued, I have to say, by the, the, the inclusion of, of Johnny Enright. Like uh, Johnny Enright, obviously, as a forward, Paul Curran as a back. So they'll bring th- that experience to, to, the, to the setup as well. Um, the other uh, selectors in the under 20, then we saw Shane Stapleton and Mark Maher uh, being announced as selectors. Uh, I think this one was probably more more widely known. Uh, we certainly mentioned it on, on one of the podcasts um, lately, but uh, Stapleton will be an interesting one. He's coming from, uh, I suppose, a football, obviously he hurls and still is hurling with his club, but he, he comes from kind of a football coaching background with the, he was involved with, with the hip senior footballers. And we've probably seen over the years, well, I suppose definitely with, with Paul Kinnerf being a football man coming into that Limerick setup and, and, uh, we had um, was it is it Dempsey was a was a football man that was involved with Cody as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they bring that kind of a, a tactical side to it, where like football certainly seemed to be a lot ahead of hurling in the in the in going down the purely tactics route, wasn't it? So I mean, it'd be an interesting one for for Cummins to have around and and what he brings to the board. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Anthony Cunningham is, I suppose, is probably a more famous yeah. name who's able to see in the sea go, you know, combine both uh, Roscommon football and, you know, Gal- Galway Harlan. So I think, yeah, I think it's a fresh looking man- managerial team. Fintan O'Connor in as well, then. Uh, seems, to, seems to be almost a partnership with Brendan, whenever they, whenever they go, they kind of go together. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have good. I think Shane is, you know, quite personal. And I think he'll, he'll, he'll do well with, with the players, be good for motivation there as well. Uh, wouldn't know quite as much uh, about Martin Marr, to be honest, post post being involved with, with, with tip panels, what kind of background he'd have now. But um, yeah, I think Brendan would be a very canny operator as well, and he'd be looking at this as a, a good launching pad for him, so he'd be very eager to do well. And, and that involves, as we just said, putting the best lads in around him for the specific roles. Yeah, you probably know a little bit more about Martin Maher, but he, he was, I think he's involved in Turtle CBS and as uh, and, and as a kind Yeah, of, he's been involved with Turtle CBS for a long time and he was he was part of the Bursley management this year as well. Yeah. Um and he's done he's done a few different stints with other clubs. I think he was at Newport there a few years ago as well. So yeah, he's he's been doing it a good while, yeah. Yeah, I think it's encouraging from both setups that we have moved away from that, I suppose. 87 to whatever 93 team and and seem to have moved into the 2000s players to, to be bring, bringing them on as selectors and that, and I think that's encouraging that that we, we seem to be moving on with that yeah definitely is I think we kind of had a criticism last year as well with the under 20s that when the game wasn't going well there was kind of only a one one kind of lump, well like a traditional tactic of lumping ball down and looking to win ball themselves and Less intricate, I think, than other counties. Um, and ho- look, I don't, I don't want it, any of the tip teams to turn into a cork, cork kind of play, hand passing it all over the field. And look, we still have hurlers and tip, and that's going to be what wins us matches off, more often than not. Was just, I think, tweaking a little bit to yeah. suit the players. And look, the modern game has gone as such. You have to be, you have to be able to run off the shoulder, pop the hand passes, and stuff like that. So, look, it, there's going to be new ideas brought in both setups. I think, and that's encouraging. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Widely, I suppose, in the GA lads, we have a special congress coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. And the big, while there's quite a few motions on it, the big one is the proposals A and B for the senior football championship um, that will affect TIP, I suppose. And the proposal A is to, to divide the the country into four groups of eight or um, into four provinces of eight 
And this, I, I, I haven't heard other than the Ulster, the Ulster CEO or secretary coming out in, in support of this one. Um, I, I don't, I, I couldn't consider that any of the players would be in favour of, of this one. It, it doesn't, it doesn't alleviate the problem that is Dublin winning Leinster, pulling up and Mayo, I suppose, in, in Connacht while they do get caught every now and again, or even the big two in, in, in Munster um, winning. Won, sure. I think, this <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you, you'll still be looking at, at, you could still nearly pick three out of the four winners, couldn't you, of, of, of the four provinces in, in, in that setup, wouldn't you? No doubt about it. I think the only thing it adds, really, if that does happen, is a few smaller teams get a few extra matches against each other, and then they're cannon fodder down the line. So, yeah. And I don't know how any any of the weaker counties will feel about having to go to another province. I think why why would they have any interest in that? Like, um, yeah, Munster be getting two from Leinster, isn't it? Kind of your yeah, yeah, yeah and, Carlos and Wexford, that kind of thing coming in. Yeah, so. I think there's losers of the Ulster prelims going to as well. So I mean, yeah, I. Is it going to encourage you? Maybe, you know, probably I'd be a casual football supporter if there's a big game on up in Semple, I'd tend to go. You know, I'm thinking like the Armagh qualifier or the Tyrone from, you know, kind of a couple of years ago back in the old system. I can't see myself maybe going to Carlo on a Saturday afternoon to, to support them or, or whatnot. Yeah. But, but then I suppose if you, if you move on to to Proposal B, um, which is to, to divide the championship and have it in a league well, depending on where you finish in next year's league, um, we're in Division 3, very lucky, I suppose, not to be in Division 4, the way the thing had gone. Like, you're not going to go to Wicklow to to, to watch mm. the footballers either. So does that promote the game either in, in, in for us, like? I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of proposal B. I must. Are we not in Division Four football? Yeah, we got really good, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. we're gone down. We're, so oh, we yeah, are yeah, in Division yeah. Four, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So um, again, some great, some great trips in store there. Like I think if you look at the old Tipperary, our own championships, what we've done going to sixteen and sixteen, and you know, in each, I think that after a couple of years settling down, when you're playing teams about your level, um, you know, it does result in better games. You know, you might have to just take a bit of pain on it. And, you know, I think the proposal for this one is to play, play the um, provincials as uh, pre-season competitions, yeah, is it? Or, yeah, yeah so standalone, standalone competitions. Yeah, stand, standalone. So, um, yeah, it's, I think this one is, seems to be the one where the players are coming out, coming out more in favour of. So I've been trying to, I've been trying to this. And I think, look, at the end of the day, you're still going to have Dublin, Kerry, probably Tyrone, Donegal, Mayo, four, three of those five kind of reaching semi-finals every year for the next six or seven years anyway. So, you know, the, for the rest for the rest of them, it's about that maybe the, that odd year, that little bit of magic that, that comes on a run. So, yeah. Kind of um, represents, represents a similar problem we had in tape, doesn't it, with the divisions. Um, I think if they're, if they're separated, I think, look, 10, 15 years down the road, they're going to be meaningless. Um, the provinces... Yeah. Um, that's my own take, and I think that'd be my only problem with it. Um, I was just going to say, are we are we talking out of two sides of our mouth, where we're we're looking here and within tip and saying, oh, we want to keep the divisions as part of the championship, and then we go, well, sure, at the county level, they don't need the the provinces. Let's go to an all an all Ireland competition. You know, is it kind of one rule for one and and another for? for... 
probably is, probably is. But look, my feeling on it would be the same as the divisions. I, I'd hate to see the provincials go. Um, definitely in football, anyway. Look, the hurling, you know, it's it's just a monster championship, and then the rest of Ireland championship. That's kind of been the way it's been for a long time. So, um, but, it, but even at that, sure. I mean, if 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 Kerry were to win, they go actually go into the Leinster championship. They don't come into the Munster championship, which seems ridiculous in a in 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 the way. It, so yeah. I, are are you eventually going to see? Are, is it only Munster and Leinster in name that and that you're eventually going to see that that would be just become a, a an open draw, I suppose, for for the two groups? That's the way it is. Like it's just yeah. the Munster Championship and the rest. Um, yeah. But to be fair, we've never had four provinces into hurling that's been very strong, and yeah. it's kind of always been an uneven thing. So yeah. football is a bit different in that regard. So, okay, would you want to be what Offaly or or Leitrim coming down? Come down to Munster to play a few games, like I don't think so. Like you want to be in the Leinster Championship, yeah. As, you traditionally, as, yeah. As regards getting these these proposals over the line, we, as, as I said, the, the Ulster CEO was out and um, in in total support of the of the um of, of proposal A. The Podge Collins has been on off the ball and he is totally in the proposal B uh, B camp, but. Would you say that the debt knell for Proposal B is the GPA coming out in support of it? Because they have such a bad rep in county boards all over the country that the minute they come out and support something, regardless of whether it's the right thing to do, everyone just goes, oh, I'm, I'm against them lads, whatever they're, yeah. you know? <laughs> for themselves, yeah. Again, the 60% is always very hard. Challenging to get to. Very hard hard to get. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like like the, I know there's like with county boards, there's probably you know gate receipts and all that to kind of think of. That's probably why it's bringing them more towards um, number A. But yes, yeah, was any any change like this? This would be a seismic change. I mean, really, really would be. I think everyone's saying yeah, something needs to be done. We say it every May or June when we're just watching, you know, Dublin pull up against Westmead after you know twenty minutes gone or or, or whatever, like you know, but um. And when we come to vote on it then October, November, we're always maybe just shy. There's probably look, there's probably no perfect proposal there. Do it for three years. If it's awful, go back to or come up with something else. You know, I think we you can keep on tinkering with the championships. Yeah, I, I think probably getting away from the super eights in the door is probably what a lot of the counties want. They they don't want to be certainly the players anyway, don't want to have any involvement with that, should we don't? Yeah. It's- it was a bit of a disaster to be fair and look you obviously you, you can try these things but you don't want to be having to do it every two or three years for the next yeah. two decades yeah. and stumbling upon a formula then but yeah. writing off lads careers and stuff you want to get you want to get lads playing proper matches in, in a format that it's going to keep them interested and gives them something attainable to achieve so i don't know if either the two of those proposals are going to do that but maybe maybe they're a step in the right direction yeah, but I, I do think the, the National League is one of national certainly in football is one of the best competitions um, the GA have and and adopting that format for the championship is probably the, the, yeah. the way to go. Probably doesn't do us any favors here in Tip, seeing as we're we're down in Division Four. But in that proposal, you win Division Four and you still have a you have a chance at at, at the Sam Maguire. So I suppose that's um, exactly. And you know, in fairness, like you mentioned, Posh Collins there, like you know, Clare have been a very solid football team, probably the best team they've had since they won the Munster and whatever it was, 92 or that. But yeah. you know, they've got very little actual 
you know, good exposure in, in, in meaningful games because, you know, they've been very unlucky maybe to come up against Kerry in most years in the championship, haven't got over the line and, you know, they're into, into kind of low-profile qualifiers and the like then or last two years, you know, straight out. Yeah, no, they're, they're a good, solid Division 2 team have held their own for, for a couple of years, you know, and they're good mid-table and that there probably is 12 teams at the top and, well, there's probably four teams at the top and then a, an eight bunch together. That, that incorporates the bottom half of Division One and the top half of Division Two, and Clare are probably just outside that as regards their their the way they've been playing over over the last. Pretty much years. exactly. Yeah, uh, very good, lads. Uh, anything else that that you have before we move on to Samantha Lambert and the ladies' football? No, thanks. Pleasure as no. always, folks. All right. Um, so up next we have uh, Samantha Lambert. She'll run through Tipperary's um, campaign in in the in the ladies' football championship, which culminated in that great relegation win over over Tyrone. Okay, Samantha Lambert, uh, you're very welcome to the Premier View. Um, Samantha, it was a tough year for, for Declan Clare's uh, women in, in the championship, uh, drawn in, I suppose, maybe at the start of the year, we might have thought it was it was a, a decent enough group, we'd say, with Cork, our old rivals Cork and, and me too. We had a good... Um, a good battle with at intermediate level two years ago and, and maybe thought that they were a team, I suppose at the time, a team that, that we could get on top of. But as it, as it turned out, it didn't play out like that. But um, it, it, it turned out to be a very tough group for, for the girls and, and had a, a tough year, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Look, they had a tough year. I suppose injuries didn't go their way either. Um, and like you said, you thought that was an all right group that they were after getting into. You know, we've been competing with Cork and and meet over the last number of years, you know, and there's never been too much of a, a huge defeat or loss to uh, both of those uh, teams. So you'd have thought that it would have been very, very competitive. But I suppose, luckily, it, it, it didn't go our way on both occasions and uh, both teams kind of took over, I suppose, more so in the second half. Stuck with them, I think, both times in both games uh, in the first half, but uh, the teams pulled away in the second half in both matches. So, um, yeah, disappointing, I suppose, year all round getting kind of uh, relegated in the league, but at least surviving in the in the championship, which was uh, key to to the survival and the development of two plates football. I think. Yeah, no, no, totally. I mean, I, I think when when you look back on the year and the way it went, the the relegation final uh, victory over Tyrone was something to be celebrated because there there was there was a huge amount of adversity with the for for them throughout the year. I mean. Look, no matter what team I think you look at around the country, when you when you lose your main players, it's very hard to recover from that. And when say when when those girls lost, I suppose one of the pound for pound for me, one of the best footballers in the country, male or female, and a and a leader like Ashing Maloney, that that's a huge loss to the team. Oh yeah, definitely. Look, Ashley Maloney was a huge blow, and like as you said, to any side, like she's 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 our key player and has been over the last number of years, um, and a leader on the field. And you're like that's a player you're never going to replace, basically. Um, then you're looking at the likes of Amy Morrissey went down. It was just like one hit after another. Yeah. Um, you Kate and Kendi that couldn't feature in the Tyrone game either. You had two girls who were playing Jewel as well, Oshie and Howard and Orla Dwyer that couldn't play in the relegation battle either. And Anna Rose Kendi, another uh, complete athlete that was unfortunate with her her knee and the recovery from her ACL. Um, so they're they're a huge blows, and I'm sure I'm missing out on a few others as well. Like, but 
they're they're very like main players on the team and have been over the last number of years and try to I suppose progress without them was was going to be a hard call. Yeah, and um, and I suppose just looking at that Tyrone game, uh, Ashley McCarthy obviously was missing for for the championship as well, but was back for that game, and I suppose it kind of gave you um an inkling of what could possibly have happened if this tip team had their their players because i mean ashing show I, I thought she was outstanding in that game i think she finished with one seven but i'd say she had a hand in six of the of the, the seven goals that were scored um, and just her true all all round play and her athleticism was badly missed from from the from the team over the the previous three games Oh, definitely. Ashley McCarthy was outstanding in the in the Tyrone game. I think she was really was the difference between um them winning and losing, to be honest. And they were lucky to have her back. She hadn't too much training under her belt, but she didn't need it, I suppose. So one to some extent, she's she's natural, like and as you said, she set up um a lot of goals. She actually could have went for a few of them herself mm-hmm. if she really wanted to. Um, but she passed it on, gave it to the right player in the right position. And um uh it really was, I suppose, looking overall team performance and you could see they're all playing for each other they really wanted to stay up and senior level and compete next year and um at senior and I suppose that really did show that there was still heart in, in the team like you know which you probably would have questioned there in the few games before that was there any heart in 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 the tip team left but uh absolutely the girls really played them played out their skins and showed that they, they had pride in the jersey yeah absolutely I suppose one of the I suppose if you're to take it take um anything from having so many girls out injured was that you got to flood um, a lot of younger players um, on the team. And while it was a steep learning curve, that can only stand to them in the future, can't it? Definitely. Look, they, a lot of them got their opportunities. Some girls that were even just brought into the panel this year, they got their opportunity at County Standard. And um, it is a huge learning curve and it's a massive step up from club or from intermediate playing county to intermediate like senior is a huge step up and um, they would have got their experience if they got their first time playing for in the blue and gold and um, that will stand to them because as I said you, you can't you can't experience anything like that until you're actually out in the field and marking someone from Cork or Mead as I said um, and know what it's actually like when you're out there yeah do you think um, the girls will look back with a lot of jealousy, maybe, or, or well, maybe jealousy is too strong a word, but that Mead actually went on to win in Hall Ireland? And I, like as I said in the introduction, but certainly a team that we at full strength would would have competed with. Well, obviously had bet, I think twice in in intermediate level before we came up senior. So it's not it's certainly not a team we'd ever fear. No, like I, I actually think it gives hope. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of t- teams out there now in county um throughout the country should I say we'll we'll have hope after me thrown in the, the All Ireland champions over the last number of years and like the whole country thought them were going to win again. And I just had this feeling after the league final this year after them beating Kerry, I just was so impressed with them. Um they're just their movement, their work rate, I said they're going to be hard to beat. Um and even in the first round championship against Cork, um when Cork narrowly beat them. I think there could have been um, a penalty given and it wasn't given or something like that. Like you knew how close they were and how much they wanted and they believed themselves. And I suppose you get you get that rhythm in. You you mm-hmm. winners want to win and they just like you know it's what they're used to. So me they're on a good run of things. We had a run of it there in 2017 that we're after winning 15 matches out of uh, 14. We had drawn one or something or 
yeah. whichever out of four teams actually won out of 15 we drew one um like you just get used to it like you know and it's a you you don't want to lose anymore and you can see that from i suppose the core teams that have won 10 in a row like they didn't get bored or you know not used to winning like they loved it and when they lost it was a huge huge thing for them and they were devastated um so i do think look i know we're so close to meet and taper so far off from i suppose this year but once the injuries are back, like you said, like th- those are huge losses. They now see that there is hope there. Dublin have been bet. Mead can be beaten. And um, I think there's huge potential in the in the group of girls that are involved with today's football at the minute. So I've no doubt that they'll be successful in the future. Yeah, certainly should be at at full tilt. I think I think we're definitely one of one of those teams. An issue that probably raised its ugly head again this year, um, Sam, was the the dual players and and it was particularly there uh, the weekend of the Tyrone game when the All Ireland semi final the Kogi was on and Roshan and Orla had to choose one over the other and uh, I don't think anyone can blame them for for choosing for you can't you can't blame them either way whatever way they, they chose but it's it's something that probably doesn't need to happen um, and hopefully won't happen again but. I, I, I don't know, do I hold out much hope that it won't either, you know? Yeah, like we're seeing this every single year. Like, mm. you know, I don't know if the day of the dual player is gone now, like, and it's just going to have to go like the men's, like, whereas there, there is no option. Like, you just literally have to pick your code and just go with it. Um, I suppose, look, a semi-final and relegation game, I do think they're nearly on par with each other, to be fair, just because of the importance of senior status. And yeah. um, that would the way I look at it, because we were just so, I suppose, we, we just needed to, I, I think if we went down to intermediate, it would have been detrimental for tip eight football. And I've been there and it doesn't, you don't, like I suppose we were just blessed in 2018 when we did get relegated um, that we came straight back up in 2019. I've been involved, we won, I've been involved, I've been down there again in 2013. Like there's, it's years and years and years before you can come back up. Um, so there were, I'm just so relieved just as much as the girls yeah. that they, they, they did stay up in senior. Um, and we'll see that with the league as well. Look, the league wasn't as, um, I suppose, would I put it as important? Like it, it was still, I suppose, devastating that we did go down to Division Two after fighting so hard to get back up uh, to or get up for the first time to Division One. But um, at the same time, look, it might be a good thing in one sense, and you have to take the positive from it. Girls might get a little bit of momentum going next year, win a few matches, and get the the show on the road again, and it might help them in one way or another. You know, um. But look, at the same time, I suppose, just being competitive as I am, I'd still like to be not losing all my matches in Division 1, but being very competitive and, and playing against the best in the country. But, um, yeah, look, the day of the dual player, I think, is nearly on the way out. Um, we we say it every year now, like, we're sick of hearing about it, matches are on the same day, uh, on the same weekend, player welfare. Like, I just don't know at this stage what way it's going to go. Absolutely, the girls give everything to both codes and they should have the... Uh, opportunity to play both um, codes definitely and not have to choose but I think it's getting to the point that we're sick of listening to it um, the fixtures can't be coordinated between the Camogie and the Football Association and it's not fair in the players and then when it comes to the crunch time like that the girls have to choose it's not fair in them either um, so and it's, it's not fair in the panels that they're they're letting down let's say um, to a certain extent so yeah. it's, it's not fair in the girls like so they're there to play and, and I don't think they should be put in that situation 
No, I, I totally agree. It, it certainly isn't fair, and certainly not fair on the on the two girls having to choose. No. And as you said, I, while I don't think any of the panels would say that they were letting them down, it, I'm sure they kind of feel that way them, yeah, themselves too. Um, as you said, there the Division Two thing for next year. That that with the amount of girls, I suppose that we have out injured and that will be working their way back from injury. And I would hope that that with COVID now on the on the way out, that those games will be earlier in the year. It is a good chance for them. Um, under new management to build momentum and, and get a few wins under their belt and and then crash into the into the championship at, at full tilt, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the injuries are actually being um, being dealt with quite well. And mm-hmm. I, I, as far as I know, a lot of them are back actually for club. So that's great to see as well. You know, give them a few games under their belt, they'll be playing uh, college football, which hasn't been actually on the last number or last year, like you know. And, when I was in college, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I think, like, playing college football, it's a different standard altogether, like, you know. Um, and I think it really brings along and develops a player. Um, playing with other girls from different counties and their skill levels are on another level too, like, so you really learn from the best in when you're playing with the best, I suppose. And uh, that'll help a lot of those girls that didn't get that opportunity last year. I know the likes of um, Caitlin Kindy and then Marcy are up there in DCU, like, they're they're um, going to be playing with a, with a really high standard team that can train with them as well. So that can only improve them even more. Um, and I know there's more girls there in UCC as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see the impact that'll have on them. But like you said, they're going to have to look after themselves. The injuries really did have a, uh, an impact on us this year. So um, they're going to have to mind themselves a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said there, we will be going into next year's uh, league and championship with new management. Peter Creedon has, has been announced just in the last couple of days, which is a great appointment, I think, for, for the girls. But um, I suppose it, it just didn't work out for Declan Kerr in, in now, obviously, as we said, it, the injuries, but it, it just didn't seem to work out for him um, over, over the, the last 12 months or didn't. Yeah, I know, I suppose, look, different things didn't go to plan, maybe, and um, just it, it just didn't fit well, I suppose. Um, but Peter Green is going to be the new man in to take over the show, and um, hopefully he can he can get things up and running again. Like, you know, I know the girls are down the dumps over, showing being relegated or whatever, and having a disappointing season. But um, I'm sure Peter knows too well, like, what the girls are feeling and how to go about it and get the... Um, I suppose a few wins under their belt and get the confidence back up and show it's hard when you're losing all the time like um the confidence be behind the floor like so yeah. that's one thing that he's definitely going to have to work on and then just getting the team morale back up yeah it's a huge experience here for for Peter going into that role having managed the tip and leash tip and leash men's teams over in, in the yeah. past and plenty of club teams um it'll be an interesting dam- dynamic in in done uh, Klaus to Donishkig in care with the, the mm-hmm. Tipperary manager as principal and, and Shane Renan of course former former Tipperary manager as a as a teacher down there wanted there might Definitely. be many there might be many um, football chats over over the morning break no I wouldn't say so um yeah that'll be an interesting um an interesting battle all right um if you come across each other uh, and they know each other very, very well in their own tactics and their own ways of doing things. So um, it'll be interesting. Shane, I think that's a great appointment for, for Cork as well. Like, you know, he'll, he'll really uh, fit in well down there. And I think he'll have great success below there too. Like, so um, it'll be a good, a nice battle now when, when the two uh, monster teams come together and see how, how both uh, level off. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just before I let you go, Sam, um, I know you're playing yourself, but have you been keeping an eye on the senior championship in in Tip? Um, I know Care seem to be moving along pretty nicely. They have two, they have two wins from two there in, in Group One and had a had a big win, a surprising win, I would have said, over Aherlow. Well, I suppose the 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 nature of the win, I suppose, rather than than the mm. fact that they that they won it, but they, they seem to be motoring along pretty well. Yeah, they seem to be doing quite well, especially um, without Noni, like, you know, being a key feature yeah. for them over the last number of years. Um, I suppose Ash Mack has been playing there as well, and she's an, a really uh, vital player for them. She will be returning to Australia, so I don't know will she be there um, if they get to the latter end of the championship for the semi-finals there at the end of October. So she'd be a huge loss for them. Um yeah, but Arlo are going well. I suppose the Kindies, I think, are nearly back to playing full games. And um, you have the likes of my Rovers are doing very, very well as well, and Brian Bruce. So I think it's a really open championship. And um, to be honest, I actually, it's, it's hard to call. Um, other years, you might have had your 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 favourite or whatever, but mm-hmm. I think it's very open and it's great like because it's so competitive. Do you know any of the round games? Um, in senior are very competitive because it's top two to finish or whatever mm-hmm. going to the semi-finals um, I think the intermediate that I, I'm competing in is kind of it, these round games don't make too much of a difference because there's only four teams in intermediate role yeah. going to make the semi-final which are better so um, but look it's games and uh, it's game time uh, girls are getting practice in and we're able to work on different things so um, we take it as it comes but like the intermediate, like the senior, I think the intermediate is very, very open as well. And any of the round games have either been a draw or a loss by a point. Yeah, um, I was I was just looking at that before I came on, and uh, mm. you you drew with you drew with uh, with Galti and lost to Kappa by a point. And, yeah. Um, Kappa only beat uh, in their first game. They only won by a point over Borland. So mm. it, it, I mean, it's it's a hugely competitive. It looks to be the semi-finals will be crackers by the by the things, yeah. no matter what the parents are. Because Galtie only lost as well to Borland by a point two, so yeah, um, it's literally nothing in it, like you know. So the last round of the games there are on Sunday, so they'll be interesting. But uh, like I said, we're all going to meet each other in the semi final as well, so that'll be. I think those games will be interesting, yeah, and very very competitive, just like the senior championship. Yeah, absolutely, they certainly will. Uh, Samantha Lambert, uh, thanks very much for joining us on the Premier View, and we hope to talk to you again in the future uh, as the ladies football county finals come up. Uh. Maybe Thanks you'll be playing in, you might, you might even be playing in one of them. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we have time for this week, folks. Thanks again to Samantha Lambert, Timmy Dalton, Kevin Ryan and Indy Tracy for joining me. I hope you can listen in next week as we'll be previewing the counterpart finals in Dan Green, Jen Green and Media Hurley. Until next time, give it on a boot.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.